Hi guys, welcome back to my so-called midlife podcast. I am Jennifer and this is episode 28. Update. Work has been so busy, <laughs> like really busy. And I, that's good. I'm not, that's not me complaining. I like busy. Makes the day go faster. Uh, we are starting to fill the positions for the people who jump ship a few weeks back. So we're still kind of transitioning, a lot of new blood coming in, and I mean, that's always good. So, you know, um, like I said, I have been busy, busier than ever, but I, I'm hanging in there. I They actually moved me. They moved my office, so I'm not, I'm no longer separate from where all the other managers sit. They moved me into one of the offices off the lobby, or yeah, and uh, I don't care. It's fine. I mean... I don't care what office I'm in. It makes no difference to me. It doesn't affect uh, me or how I do my job. So, uh, But I did find out that the other managers call me the guidance counselor. <laughs> I found that out when they were talking about what job title to put above my door. And someone said... <laughs> guidance counselor and I was like okay well I do have a lot of people come into my office randomly during the day and just sit down and start telling me about their day so I mean one of these times maybe I should just like pull out a legal pad and ask them and how does that make you feel I don't care I don't mind I mean you know as long as it doesn't get like too excessive or it's keeping me from doing my actual job you know I think um my office is it's quiet, obviously. It's just me. Kind of separate from um, like the main part of the main building. So, you know, they can just kind of sit in there and hide out for a few minutes. But I don't care. Work counselor. It's better than work mom. But if anyone starts calling me work wife, we're going to have an issue. TV recommendations. I finally got around to watching The King of Staten Island. I, I didn't really know much about this movie, so I wasn't really sure what to expect. And yet, it wasn't what I expected. <laughs> I loved it. it. It is funny and sad and uh, it broke my heart. And Pete Davidson is so good in it. And I feel kind of guilty saying that because I think he is the reason why I kind of put off watching it for so long because I only know him from like SNL, which I really don't watch, and negative press. So like going into this, if I had any opinion of Pete Davidson, it probably wasn't like a positive one. But he's really, really good in this. Uh, I'm if you haven't seen it already, it's been out for a while. You probably already have seen it, but um, it is on HBO this month. So if you haven't seen it already, I highly recommend it. And for you fellow murderinos out there, I also watched uh, on Netflix, Crime Scene, The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel. Man, this was creepy. 
I it's only four episodes. It uh, the executive producers are Ron Howard and uh, Glazier. I can't think of his first name, but you know, you know those two names, that, and you know if they're associated with something, it's it's usually good. Um, Brian Glazier, that's what it is. Four episodes. I binged it all in one night. In fact, that is how I spent my Valentine's night. In case you were wondering. <laughs> The documentary talks about like the horrible history of the CISO Hotel, which is truly horrible, but it mainly focuses on Elisa Lamb. And if you're a true crime fan, you know who Elisa Lamb is. You probably know all about her case. It's a weird one. There's so many unanswered questions associated with her death, and, and it actually is still unsolved to this day. Um, yeah, this is a good one. It I, I don't want to get into the details of, of her death because they're gruesome. But, you know, you can always watch this. Or if you don't know the details, there's tons of YouTube videos on it. There's tons of podcasts on it. Um, but, it, yeah, it, it was good. Very creepy. Um, but it was the perfect way to spend Valentine's Day. <laughs> you know, just curled up on the couch watching a creepy murder doc with my animals. Which, speaking of my animals, if you're in the Facebook group, you saw the most recent pic of them. Oh my god, they're so cute. I can't really say it enough. They are so cute. (laughs) And speaking of Facebook, I finally got around to creating a Facebook page for the podcast, which is different from the group page, apparently. I I seriously, I had no idea uh, that these were two separate things. So you may have gotten an invitation to like the podcast page. And if you did, please go ahead and do hit that like button. If you didn't get an invite, then do a search for the page on Facebook and give it a like. It, It allows me to get the word out, you know, to a broader audience about the podcast. And that is the goal, you know, to engage as many listeners as I can. That's why I end the show the same way each week. Got to get those listeners. (laughs) All right, guys, now that you're all caught up on my week, let's get into this week's topic. We're back. So this week we had Valentine's Day. I told you last week how I feel about Valentine's Day, so I won't go into it again. But if you're not bitter about love like I am and you celebrated, I hope it was everything you wanted it to be. You know, lots of love, lots of chocolates, lots of romance, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) For me, it was weird. I still cried this week, not as much as last week. uh, Aside from that, I kept getting signs and reminders of past relationships. I kept getting visited by the ghosts of relationships past. I did my best to ignore them because I just figured, you know, that love was in the air. And since I don't have someone to love currently, I probably was just, you know, like reaching into my past for some kind of fulfillment or whatever. But 
the more I tried to ignore them, the more they kept coming. And it was stupid things like I saw a sign that reminded me of someone. I heard a song that reminded me of someone, you know, and it was just to the point where it was like, okay, <laughs> enough. And then I had a dream about my first boyfriend. My To clarify, this is not the first guy I dated, even though at the time I thought that guy was my first boyfriend, but mostly because he's the one I lost my virginity to. But, you know, remember when being young and stupid meant, you know, you equated sex with love? It was one of those kind of situations. But, no, my first boyfriend actually came after that guy. And I really loved him. <laughs> and he loved me. Uh, he actually wanted to spend time with me, you know, like outside of the bar. And he was so cute. <laughs> so sweet. I just loved being around him. It didn't work out for a lot of reasons, you know, mostly because he was a couple of years younger than me and he hadn't dated a lot before me. And so he wasn't really ready to settle down. And I was. So, you know, it didn't, it ended amicably. We stayed friends. And for years after, whenever we saw each other, we still had that same connection. You know, we still, I still feel that connection. He died in a motorcycle accident about, oh gosh, probably close to 20 years now. And I haven't actually thought about him in a really long time. But then a couple of nights ago, I dreamed about him. In the dream, I was at some store and I looked up and there he was. <laughs> He's just kind of standing there looking at me and he had, you know, that same sweet smile on his face and he looked good he looked happy <sighs> when he died I was so angry with him it was such a stupid accident he was young and he was being reckless and he died in the dream I walked over to him and I hugged him and I just kept saying like what are you doing here? And then I kind of just suddenly pulled back and I looked up at him and I said, I'm really mad at you, you know. And he just kind of laughed and he said, I know. And he kind of pulled me back into the hug. When I woke up, I had mixed feelings. You know, like on one hand, it was good to see him again. But on the other, I haven't thought about him in years. Why was my subconscious bringing him up now? Through the course of that day, I started to think about all of my past relationships and I realized I have a terrible track record with men. Like literally 0 for 10. <laughs> Every relationship I have ever had has ended. And sometimes I'm the one who ended it, and sometimes they did, but either way, it didn't last. It's not like I didn't know this, but I have to tell you, sitting in this realization of 0 for 10, 
kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. You know, I'm a failure when it comes to relationships. So what can I do about this? You know, I, I tried picking the opposite of the last one. That, that didn't work. When I started dating my ex-boyfriend, he was the complete opposite of my ex-husband, like in every way. And look how that turned out. So my choices are either stay single forever or figure out the pattern so I can change it. And, you know, just between me and you, staying single for the rest of my life, kind of tempting. It'd be easy, right? Just me and my animals. <laughs> but would I be happy? Or would I just spend the rest of my life wondering, what if? What if I had just put the work in and actually tried to make different choices? I found an article in psychology today called why do you keep choosing the wrong partner and i was like yeah why <laughs> i need help like help me help me jesus help me tom cruise uh, just kidding i would never ask tom cruise for help he would probably try to recruit me into his cult so the article went on to say that if you want to break your patent of dating the wrong people you need to ask yourself the following questions Okay, so if you're like me, you have this oh for whatever pattern of failed relationships, first, welcome. Uh, second, here are the questions. Have your past partners turned out to be who you thought they would? Are you most often attracted to partners who are, quote, out of reach, end quote? Are the qualities you look initially for in a partner those you need for the long haul? Is it important to you that your partners impress others? Is the partner you want available within your current dating options? Are you being realistic in getting what you want based on what you have to offer? And last, are your choices more often based on romantic myths rather than pragmatic possibilities? Okay, so let's take a look at these, right? First one is easy. Have my partners turned out to be who I thought they were? I mean, obviously not, right? Otherwise, we'd still be together. And this was especially true of my last relationship. I wanted so badly for him to be the person I hoped he could be, but he just wasn't. Then am I attracted, am I attracted to partners who are out of reach? I used to be, I mean, 100% I used to be. Like the less interest someone showed in me, the more I wanted them, right? The guy I lost my virginity to, he wouldn't even date me. I mean, we, I laugh, but you know, it's kind of ironically. We used to just get together whenever we ended up at the same bar on the same night. You know, Guy couldn't be bothered with me Sunday through Thursday, but Friday night came along and, you know, we would just see each other across a, car a crowded bar and, you know, that would pretty much be it. Of course, because I was an idiot then, I called him my boyfriend. He actually is not a bad guy. <laughs> I was just really dumb when I was young. 
then, you know, are the qualities I look for initially in someone the ones I need for the, the long haul? I, I think so. I, I don't know. I think so. I look for things like, you know, compatibility, same sense of humor, honesty, two-way trust, you know, similar interests, someone willing to grow with me, someone willing to learn from their mistakes, you know, shared goals. These are all good, right? These, these are long haul <laughs> criteria, right? One thing I realize is I haven't been looking for signs of integrity. You know, I, I tend to, I fall victim to my tendency to see the best in people, even when they're showing me that it's just not there. You know, I fall in love with the idea of who I hope the person can be you know, the highest potential of a person instead of who they really are. That's, that's a pattern I need to break. Does my partner need to impress people? Uh, no, I mean, obviously not. Have you seen the guys I've dated? Is my future partner available within my current dating options? I, I hope so. Otherwise, what's the point? I mean, what are my dating options? Dating apps? Yeah, no. My soul still hasn't recovered from the last time I was on them. Meet someone through friends? <laughs> I don't have any friends down here. If someone from New York would like to send someone to Florida for me, I'd, I'd check them out. <laughs> Please don't be deterred by the fact that he's in a different state. And even if there was someone at work that I was interested, I don't think it's a good idea for me to date anybody that I work with. So I guess I'm left with meeting someone while picking out produce. <laughs> Stranger things have happened, I guess. Am I being realistic with my checklist based on what I have to offer? I believe I am. I mean, I won't go down my list of qualities, but I don't think I'm being unrealistic or, you know, punching above my weight class. I know what I bring to the table. I know what I have to offer. You know, it's not like I'm asking to date Kevin Bacon, although I would. I so totally would. And finally, are my romantic pursuits based in reality or fairy tales? Guys, you know, we've talked about this. You know, <laughs> I told you rom-coms have ruined me. So probably <laughs> not <laughs> based in reality, but... You know, I mean, I I hope I can tell the difference between fantasy and reality. But I have to say, in the beginning of a relationship, it's tough. You know, you got all those endorphins kicking in. I mean, there is nothing like the high in the beginning of a relationship. And you, at least for me, I, I don't think I'm alone here. And you can get swept up in those emotions. Unfortunately, those emotions don't last you know they taper off and and that's a good thing so if you find yourself addicted to that beginning stage of a relationship you're never going to be in a long-lasting relationship there's a girl that i follow on youtube i told you guys i've been watching a lot of youtube um 
and she talks about she talks about relationships and she's um not for everybody because she's very blunt but um she talks about the difference you know in relationships um and she uses the term firecracker or fireplace so you know firecracker uh, loud, exciting, lots of oohs and ahs, you know, high uh, levels of emotion, but burns out really quickly and potentially can hurt you pretty badly. Fireplace takes a while to warm up, you know, gotta, you gotta, you know, tend to it, gotta get it going. But in the end, it's going to provide you a lot more heat for a lot more time. So got to kind of start to look at the difference between fire work and fire place, firecrackers, fireplace. All right. So I answered my question. So now what? One thing the article stresses is not to go into a relationship, seeing the red flags and thinking your love can change them. Oh, psychology today. Where were you in 2012? Of course, I thought I could change him. Of course, I thought he had just never been loved enough. Love heals all, doesn't it? Especially my love. Because I can just will it to. But when you see something in your partner that you think you can change, that's something that is actually one of your deal breakers, whether you know it or not. He's not going to change. He's been like this a lot longer than he's known you. And to stay in, a re- in that relationship and to keep thinking that if you just love him hard enough, you're actually compromising one of your core values. And that's just going to lead to resentment, you know? just be another failed relationship. Trust me on this one. Learn from my mistakes. I know whereof I speak. Another article I found, this one from psycholive.com called How to Stop Making the Wrong Relationship Choices, suggested that if we keep picking the wrong partner, we might think we don't deserve better. Quote, The type of guy you date is a direct reflection of the value you place on yourself. Oof, that's harsh. The solution? Stop listening to your inner coach. Your your inner coach, this is not your intuition, right? Your inner coach is, think mean high school coach. We all know who it is, right? You can picture him. The old guy, the one who's wearing shorts that are simultaneously too short and also too high, constantly screaming at you that you're not putting in the effort, you're not trying hard enough, you're not being good enough. I mean, seriously, do those shorts have to be so high? Anyway, your inner coach likes to predict negative outcomes. You know, the the critical inner voice directs us to recreate the emotional environment we grew up in. So if you were raised in a not so great emotional environment, your inner coach will try to keep you there 
you know, because we seek out patterns, you know, in people so that we can repeat it. Because although it may be destructive, it's also familiar. It's comfortable, right? You marry what you know. Or someone used to say, I can't remember who, you marry your unfinished business. Mm. And if you do just happen to find someone who doesn't fit into your usual destructive pattern, you'll probably just self-sabotage. You know, you'll, you'll find a way to ruin that relationship. If you find yourself doing this, as I most definitely have, we need to stop listening to that inner coach and we need to seek out external voices. You know, use your most trusted, your most brutally honest friends and family and ask them what they see. The article, article talks about a woman who um, was friends with the guy and he was definitely interested in her and she's just, you know, not all that interested in him. She just, he wasn't her type, you know, he was, he was too nice. He was too nerdy. But her friends kept seeing him and they kept seeing how much he cared for her, how well he treated her, how highly he thought of her. And they finally sat her down and said, what are you doing? You've got a great guy right here. Why do you keep, you know, denying it? And so, you know, the girl listened, stopped listening to her inner coach and listened to her external voices and her friends, gave the guy a chance. According to the article, they just celebrated their 10-year wedding anniversary. (laughs) So if this guy, whoever it is in your life, maybe you have somebody in your life that seems, you know, not your type or maybe too good to be true, maybe you're just finding fault where there isn't any because he doesn't fit that destructive pattern that you were raised in. So bottom line, If I want to meet someone who I can finally have a successful relationship with, a true, you know, for as long as we both shall live kind of relationship, I need to recognize and break this pattern. And that's going to take work. But that's what this podcast is for, right? For me to work through my issues and for you to learn from my mistakes. I'll be the canary in the relationship coal mine. Oh, and uh, if any guys out there are true animal lovers and want to date me, let me know. My animals would be thrilled. They honestly need a break from me and all of my love. All right, guys, I'm going to wrap up this week's episode. Thank you so much for coming back for episode 28. Don't forget, join the Facebook group, my so-called Midlife Podcast. Also, look for the Facebook page called my so-called Midlife Podcast. Give it a like. Follow me on Instagram at JennyJoy316. If you like the podcast, tell your friends and then tell them to listen. That second part is important. By the way, guys, if any of you are listening on Apple Podcast, I just noticed that I've had 
people tell me that they have been leaving um, reviews and rating and it's not showing up. If this is you, if you've done this in the past, can I ask you to please do it again? I don't know why they're not showing up. Um, I don't work for Apple. So <laughs> if you would, just please resubmit your rating, write a few words in a review. <laughs> Goes a long way and I'd really appreciate it. If you have questions or topic suggestions, email me at my so-called midlife podcast at gmail.com. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Love you. Bye.